Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode we have. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm tired of telling y'all this. It's going to be <laughs> at the Colts cast for Twitter and on Instagram at Colts cast. I mean, come on, guys. You got to support us. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, and opinions we tweet. Again, that's at the Colts cast on Twitter and at Colts cast on Instagram. Jamal, I got a question. What that question is. You ready to talk Indianapolis Colts? Let's get it. Let's get it. On today's episode, we discuss how our defensive line is shaping to look like in the upcoming season. So all defensive line talk today. Um, before we get started, I want to say rest in peace to Tony Saragusa. Uh, he passed in his sleep at age 55 on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Uh, he played seven years with the Indianapolis Colts. Became a Super Bowl champion with the Ravens. The goose was great. Rest in peace. Yeah, definitely rest in peace. So, Jamal, before we talk about the D-line, I want to give you a chance to apologize to NFL fans after the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we all have to come to a consensus here that Devin yeah. Singletary ain't yeah. it. He no, not no, top no, no, four no. running back in the AFC. No. Come on, bro. Let us know. No, I'll let you ain't. attack that. He ain't, yeah, we, we're going to take that all Walking the way back, back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make they, up for it with today's episode. Hey, they was coming at me in my DMs. They said, <laughs> kick that man off. I said, come on, he a co-host. I'm a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, let's talk D-line. Our front four. I'm calling them the Fantastic Four. Like That's it. their nickname now. So we got Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, and unique in Gwakwe. And Gakwe. I gotta say that right. That line does sound nice, right, Jamal? Oh, that sounds beautiful. Beautiful on paper. Boy, it it's written in cursive, essentially. Does our uh does our defensive line perform better, worse, or about the same this season? What you think? Man, that's that's a fully loaded question. You got a full clip in there because there's a lot of factors that can go <laughs> into that this year. Uh, I mean, like you said, we we picked up Ngakwe. Uh, we got Quiddy Pay coming back for year two, hoping for some big things from him. D Buck, I mean, that goes without saying. You know, with him, you know, oh, he's yeah. a ball every day. Uh, and then we got Grover out there coming back for another, hopefully, another good year for him. So, I guess the biggest thing I want to talk about before we get into that is some of those changes. You know, like you said, obviously uh, Ngakwe, but more, not more importantly, but some other. Higher up changes are, of course, Gus Bradley coming in. Uh, so we have a brand new defensive coordinator. Um, and I think that that's going to play a big role because with a new defensive coordinator, sometimes that can bring in a little extra pump in the defense. And especially once they kind of get a feel of who they who they like and what this coach brings. And as we talked about, Gus Bradley is all about the defensive line. So you got to get excited over that. But even with that, uh, we also let go of Brian Baker uh, at their last year's lackluster season. And for those of you who don't know, Ryan Baker is our defensive line, or well, was our defensive line coach. Um, you know, he didn't have the best year with us, and he was only with us for one year. So, you know, it was kind of an in-and-out type of a deal with him. Got rid of him um, and then picked up a new coach for us. Uh, our new coach we're going to be adding in goes by the name of Nate Ollie. 
first year as an NFL position coach. He was previously an assistant. Uh, he played football up at Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. So, you know, not too far from here or not far from Indianapolis, I should say. Um, and then 2014, he was just a middle school assistant coach. Uh, from 2015 to 2017, though, that's when he kind of got his college break. He was a GA, a graduate assistant out at Tennessee, and he was actually the interim D-line coach for the back half of the 2017 season. From there, went on in 2018 to Eastern Kentucky as a D-line coach, then kind of got his big leap into the NFL, uh, where he was the Eagles defensive line coach, excuse me, Eagles assistant defensive line coach from 2019 to 2020. Then went on to the Jets uh, for 2021 for their D-line assistant coach. And now with us as the D-line coach. So it's like I said, his first NFL uh, position coach job. I'm excited to see some new fresh, you know, fresh guys in here. I I think that with the change with Gus Bradley coming in, as long as Ollie is willing to learn from him, especially, I mean, because we can see he has some collegiate I can see he has some collegiate experience as well as a little bit of NFL experience. So I am excited to see that. And I think with him being a younger coach, he'll come in and he'll learn a lot from Gus. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but, you know, so those are two big changes we have starting at the top and then working our way down, as we mentioned, kind of going into what we have. I just want to give a little background for the Colts, mainly because, you know, last year when we came into the season, we were ranked 19th overall per pro football focus going into the season. Uh, and and they said, I mean, they straight up said it was mainly because of our young, inexperienced D-line. And, of course, we had the addition of Pay, who was our big-time pick for us uh, last year, that first-round pick. So we expected a lot out of him. And we'll kind of go more into his season a little bit later uh, in just, just a few minutes when we talk about the stats. But I think that this year with Gus, with new coach Ollie, and with Yannick coming in there for us, we, we gonna, we're going to see some some great changes. Um, and kind of leading into that, I just wanted to talk about the stats. Before I do that, do you have anything you want to add to that? You ain't answered my question. Is we going to be better this season? Ah. About the same or worse? All right. Yeah, you're right. I went off on a little rant there. We're going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's We're going to be think. better. Yeah. That's what I think, too. And it kind of all depends on what Gus Bradley does to this defense. It also depends uh, on – Yannick Ngwakwe's performance, is he going to be better than Al Quadin Muhammad or Taekwon Lewis? Right. Which stats say that he should produce more, mm-hmm. that he will have more of an impact. Uh, Muhammad's with the Bears now. They end up picking him up. Um, I think Taekwon Lewis is still there, but he won't be starting. Uh, but yeah, this all assumes that no one regresses Yeah, um, our predictions. But yeah, Jamal, let's break down some some of them stats. All right. So just taking it from the top, D Buck, DeForest Buckner, um, last year Forrest ended with 68 tackles, seven sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, zero force fumbles. So of course he led he led the brigade for our defensive line. And we'll talk about a little the, the seven sacks a little later because it's it's an impressive stat where that came in. Um, but you know, like I said, he kind of set the standard for us. A solid year overall. I would have liked to see, you know, maybe a little more tackles for a loss, maybe even another sack or two just to get him up there in that defensive tackle spot when we look at these Aaron Donalds and those guys who, you know, they're the monsters. But um, a great year for D-Buck. Quiddy Pay, third next up, 32 tackles, only three tackles for a loss, had four sacks and one forced fumble. Overall, you know, 
not the best season, but not the worst. He was a rookie. Uh, you don't want to give ex- expectations way too high for a rookie. You know, even I understand he was a first round pick for us, but we can't expect him to come out there and drop 50, 60 tackles. Um, uh, it would be great, but I wouldn't expect that. So I think, you know, a very mediocre rookie year. And then Tyquan Lewis, we had four tackles, uh, three, four, uh, three tackles for a loss. Two and a half sacks, one interception, zero force fumbles. Now, of course, he did have a season ending season ending injury, uh, so his productivity. I would have been curious to see what it would have been because, I mean, just those little stats alone for the couple games he played, it looks like he would have maybe had a pretty decent year. Uh, Big Grover, though, for us, the other D tackle, Grover Stewart, ended with forty six tackles, two tackles for a loss, one sack, one force fumble, um, and then Odimbo ended with six tackles half a sack and one forced fumble. And I really wanted just to give those stats because man, like I said, on paper, those are just, it's like, eh, it's, eh, they were okay. Nothing was really standing out that great. So I'm hoping that these new changes we have coming in for us this year will be great. But I, I mainly wanted to highlight that D buck did the bulk of the work. We had a young group in there. So I understand that. I know some injuries plagued us. I understand that. But we got to make sure it's all fluid throughout the entire line. We can't really have just one person being the star of the show. Right. And, I mean, let's just break it down because let's start with Yannick Ngakwe. So, just like you said, we can't just have one star going around just just getting double teamed all the time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he he needs some help. And that's what the Colts did. We acquired Ngakwe in the offseason from the Raiders in exchange for Rocky Sin. Um, and Gakwe had a really good year with the Raiders. Finished the 2021 season with 28 tackles, seven of them being solo, eight tackles for a loss, 10 sacks, 23 QB hits, two forced fumbles, and three pass deflections in 17 mm. games and 17 starts. Mm. He did not miss a game. He did not miss a beat. An impressive season, to say the least. Uh, he's only 27 years old, too. So I mean, we're, we're getting someone in their prime. Uh, the 23 QBs, QB hits stand out to me. So a QB hit is going to be any hit uh, where a defender knocks down the quarterback to the ground after a pass attempt. So he's getting to the QB. And this is in Gus Bradley's system where he does not blitz. Right. It's just him going 1v1 usually. So those 23 QB hits, 13 highest in the NFL. To put this into perspective, Aaron Donald had 25. I'm just saying. We putting up Aaron Donald numbers like – yeah. Colts were looking for pass rush help and they got it. Uh Ngakwe is the favorite to operate in that LEO position, in my opinion. I know we talked about that mm-hmm. on, on a previous episode when we broke down the schemes of, of Gus Bradley. Uh, he's done it with the Raiders, so why wouldn't he? I I saw some people say it might be Quiddy Pay, but why not? And Ng- Ngakwe was successful in there. Yep. Why not keep him at that position? So, but just a reminder to everyone: the LEO position is the weak side defensive end. They will align way outside the offensive tackle and use quickness to get to the QB. So, I wonder how many QB hits Ngakwe is going to have this year. <laughs> I'm ready for it. 23. If he can hit that again, I'm solid trade, solid trade. Especially because we replaced Rocky Sin with Stefan Gilmore. But what do you think about Ngakwe Jamal? We'll be back after a quick break. If if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of 
dark time of uh, around yeah. a decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. No, I mean, everything you said was exactly on point. I, I'm, I'm excited for him. I like that he has spent a year under the Gus Bradley system. So it's not something that he has to, you know, come in and learn something brand new. And that just means that's one that's one more thing off his plate that he can now take and teach Quiddy Pay. He can he can focus on he can focus on his own craft and also kind of take pay, hopefully, maybe under his wing a little bit, showing the ins and outs of everything. So everything you said was spot on, man. I'm excited for it. Man, then let that then let's talk about the alpha dog. DeForest Buckner, break it down for me. D Buck, man, listen, we already know D Buck is a is a dog, dude. It, and I, I think sometimes people forget, people forget DeForest Buckner, is not little. I mean, this dude not is at huge. All, no. Yeah, we're six seven, two hundred eighty seven pounds. That's that's a monster. <laughs> like, if you're if you're the center or a guard, I mean. I would get tired of seeing that beast step in front of me every single play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, come on, man, <laughs> trying to get the ball off. No, but D Buck, he, he's been he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic since he was with the Niners. He's been great for us, and I'm I'm always excited to see what he's bringing to the table. And he's a super humble guy uh, who just goes out there and does his job. And I I, I kind of forget sometimes because he has this demeanor of such an established older guy. I kind of forget that he's only 28. I mean, he's 28, and and he he's the he's the dad of the team. You know what I mean? He he's kind of showing everybody the ropes. So, what I'm super excited for for him this year is like you we were just talking about with Ngakwe coming on. We don't they don't have to worry about focus. They can't just focus on double teaming him anymore because they they right. double team him. They got another dude about to come off the edge. So I think that I think D Bucks gonna have a bigger year. Uh, he tied 40th for sacks last year with seven total. Um, which I know that seems kind of far down the list, but with that being said, only six interior linemen were in front of him. So only six other D tackles were in front of him. So not a bad year for sacks. We'll, we'll take that. Um, Pro Football Focus had him ranked at number five overall last year for interior linemen. Um, so n- not bad, not a bad ranking. And going back to the set I was telling you about earlier with the seven sacks, man. So he won def- or AFC Defensive Player of the Month in December. All seven of those sacks came in the month of December, which is pretty wild. It was a big year, or wow. a big month for him. I did not yeah. know that. What yep. The- yeah, 18 tackles, six tackles, four loss, two pass deflected, one forced fumble, and those seven sacks. Yo, he so was he, doing everything to get to the playoffs, out. man, yeah, and we exactly. still ain't we made still it. still ain't make it, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, if he can put up those numbers like that, and now we got couple other dogs with us i'm excited for it i I mean i I think this takes a little pressure off him which i know he loves the pressure he'll take it all day but i think he's about to flourish with this i agree with pff arguably a top five defensive tackle our best interior defender on the team i almost think we don't talk about him enough just because Mm -hmm. we have darius leonard like Mm -hmm. i feel like darius leonard might be the captain of that team because he's he's been there longer but 
you know, we traded for him in 2020, acquired him from the 49ers with a first round pick in the 2020, uh, in the 2020 NFL draft. So I think that panned out well for us. Oh yeah. Because the 49ers used that pick on Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, which Javon Kinlaw, I don't know if you've seen him, he big, (laughs) 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 but I think we won that trade easily. Don't get me wrong. I like Javon Kinlaw. He was a beast at South Carolina. He's just been dealing with a lot of injuries. He's only appeared in 18 games over the last two seasons. Buckner, been he's been very healthy. So yeah. well, I think we won that trade mm-hmm. by, you know, super far. Um, but anyway, last season he wasn't an all-pro like the two previous years. Right. However, he was still in pro bowler in his off year, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, but you already talked about his stats. They're impressive. Um, they they could have been better, but you know he's getting oh, most sure. of the attention. He's, I mean, that offenses the the line has to deal with him because he's the best player on our line. He's been a problem for offenses for years. So, um, shout out to DeForest Buckner. Sorry, San Francisco, you lost that. Uh, you should have paid the man. <laughs> And he's earned every penny of his four-year, eighty-four million dollar extension with us. So, oh yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. All right, that that that's half our D line. You want to talk some Grover Stewart? Why not, man? Big Grove, dude, man. He, he, I I like him. I like him a lot. And you know, humble dude, HBCU graduate. You know, so not a lot of hype around him coming out of college. Uh, got to the league, and he he does his job, man. He does his job and doesn't complain about it day in and day out. Uh, you know, last year it was a little bit of a decline for him. He had only seven less tackles, um, and, but he had 17 less solo tackles. So he was definitely assisting more, getting some assist tackles. But I don't, I don't really count that for much. You know, I'm not concerned with that. Um, I, I really think that Grover, with the addition of Yannick and a second year Quiddy Pay. I think Grover's going to have a bigger role as a lineman because he's going to be, I don't want to, I don't necessarily, I don't mean this in a negative way for him, but he's not going to get as much attention. I don't feel like, which is great because it's good for him. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, I think he's going to flourish, man. He's my sleeper pick for the season for our, for our D for our D line. I think okay. he's about to, I think he's about to ball out this year. I don't know why. I just think that there's going to be so much focus on everybody else around him because, oh, it's Quiddy's sophomore season. He's going to have to do good. DeForest is always going to be there for Jonic is And and Grover, like, he doesn't take it personally, but I, I personally would. It's like a little personal vendetta. Why not come out there and ball out? Be that sleeper. So I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to have a big, big, big year. Um, so, yeah, he came, he's coming off a huge award this year. Uh, the He was picked as the NFL Players Association 2022 Black College Football pro player of the year uh so big award you know it just started in 2018 that. yeah so it's a fresh award um but it's just highlighting some some guys coming from hb hbcus who have come into the league and balled out but not only have they balled on the league they've still helped out in their community they still help out with their alma mater so there's not there they, they hadn't just kind of forgot their upbringing which is great because you know who else is on that list no the maniac of course, the the SC State hey. graduate, yeah. So he won it back in uh, 2019. Uh, yeah, 2019. So we got two Colts players on that list for award that just started four years ago. That's awesome to see. Um, you know, and and, and I like it because it's like I said, it's just one that's giving back to these guys who 
probably didn't have as high as a chance to come in the league, you know, um, and he's just come out there and balled out. I, I really just believe that this year, as I mentioned, is his sleep. This is my sleeper pick. He's going to have a great year. Uh, he's going to flourish and he's going to continue. He's been doing it for us for years and just going to be a nice season for him. So I think since we're talking sleepers, I have an actual sleeper okay. that hasn't played a snap yet. Okay. I think he'll awaken in the next few years. Boom. Roaring Dragon. Curtis Brooks. Sixth round this year. Mm. We drafted him. Mm-hmm. Remember? He's a yeah. part of that great Cincinnati defense. I think he got drafted late because just, you know, prospect wise, he's not he's not in that defensive tackle weight that they're looking for. He likes experience. I think he only started one year at Cincinnati, but he had a really good year. He's a part of, you know, they they made the college football playoffs. Yeah, like, you're right. You're right. He had a good defense. Um, but yeah, he only started one year. Still testing as an elite athlete. So undersized as he may be, he was still pr- productive. And he's got a lot to play for. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I think in a few years we might be talking about Curtis Brooks. But hey, I'm down for that. I agree. Grover Stewart could have a basically a breakout year from what yeah. you were saying. But yeah, I think he's just solid. He, he's very solid. I mean, there's a reason he got his three year extension mid season in 2020, almost worth uh, 31 million. Mm-hmm. So I I I agree with everything you said. He he's he's going to command less attention, which might be good for him. It'll be beneficial in the long run. Keep being solid. Don't regress. I like you, Grover Stewart. Quitty Pay, our last starter. So. You talked about his stats already. 32 tackles, three tackles for a loss, four sacks, 10 QB hits, blah, 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 blah. Uh, f- played 15 games. I think he only missed two. Um, had an okay season, like you were mm-hmm. saying, and that's fine. He was a rookie. Sure, we would have hoped he had the impact, like uh, Micah Parsons. That would be great, but we can't always hit, you know, my- Micah Parsons just don't grow on trees, so... <laughs> <laughs> But there is one interesting stat I saw on Quiddy Pay. He only had one missed tackle last season. Oh, wow. So, missed tackle, defensive player, does not bring player to ground or complete tackle. So, he only had one of those. That's good. He's, he's, he's following through with his tackles. He's making the tackle. I like that. That only equates out to a 3% missed tackle percentage. Best among all defensive starters on our team last nice. year. Probably not a, you know, that that could be, you know, I've talked about it before, like a cherry pick stat. But I, I mean, that's that's a really relevant stat. So I just wanted to bring that up for him. Oh, for sure. But everyone is always talking about Quiddy Pay being a top breakout candidate this year. I've seen a lot of articles on him. The Athletic named about 10 players entering their second or third NFL season who haven't made a Pro Bowl or an All Pro team. Quiddy Pay made that list. So 10 players. I mean, that, that there's a lot of players still entering their second or third NFL season who haven't made a Pro Bowl or All-Pro team. So I'm happy to see him on this list. They highlighted that he turned the corner in the second half of the season. His pressure rate on pass rush snaps more than doubled. That's really good. Um, they also think he will thrive in Gus Bradley's anti-blitz system. Um, I guess they think this should theoretically give him more opportunities 
for our D line, including him to get to the quarterback themselves. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, especially if our pass coverage is really good. Quarterbacks might be there longer because they're looking at their second or third look because their first look isn't open. So I'm optimistic about Quiddy Pay breaking out this year. I I kind of believe it. Like I it, it's making sense. There's potential. It's his second year. You know, he got his feet wet a little bit. I want it to happen. He made the all rookie team. I expect his numbers to go up. What about you, Jamal? What you think? Yeah, spot. I mean, spot on. I, I really don't have anything else to add with that. I think that, like you said, he's gonna. I'm hoping, hoping for a breakout year for him. Um, I really think he can thrive in this. I just hope that we don't bring too much hype around him. And I, of course, obviously, I don't know him personally. I kind of, kind of got to see him a little bit throughout um, uh, HBO when they did when they did in season uh, for the, for the Colts last year. Kind of see his personality, loving, fun guy. I just hope that it's one of those things where it's not too much pressure because I know that can build up. You know, I know the media is always in your face, in your face, in your face. So hopefully he doesn't, you know, use that as his baseline. Hopefully he just goes out and does his thing, you know, and works at his level. But I'm excited for it. I think he I think he can have a great year this year for us. That's what I like to hear. That's going to do it for us, Colts Nation. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast today. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Check us out every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Monday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Have a good weekend, everyone, for the shoe. Or should we say run the, run the damn ball? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take care.